0: Welcome back to the Equipoise Podcast. Today's episode, Soren Simplicity and Saints. Welcome back. Welcome back. I want to follow up on last week's podcast real quick. Since last week, uh, I have seen a few things that might seem to serve as pushback to my main point in my last episode. So I'd like to revisit the topic and address an objection to further solidifying the necessity of balance when it comes to scholarship versus simplicity. To restate my case from last week, we in modern Western evangelicalism, such as it is, nothing more, have begun to glorify simplicity as though it were the end-all and be-all, the pinnacle, the apex, the peak of Christian being. In short, simplicity is saintliness. And since simplicity is the zenith of Christ's likeness, say we, then scholarship must then be the valley. We love phrases like, well, I'm just a simpleton, but here's what I can tell followed by whatever assessment or position we have to proffer. This phrase uh, pairs well with a far-off, slightly squinted glance into the distance and a humble placement of one's hands on one's hips while sighing wistfully. For best effects, add a southern accent, a handlebar mustache, a cowboy hat, and a corncob pipe. (laughs) But in all seriousness... It is a perilous trend, this notion of shunning anyone and everyone who beckons us to actually analyze and meditate on a text in favor of simply going with our gut while blaming the Holy Spirit. It's ultimately prideful, relying on one's own instincts, and harmful to oneself, one's family, and everyone in one's circle of influence. It's a poison that is choose the only antidote, education. This position has been bolstered illegitimately, I'd assert, uh, by a quote. From Soren Kierkegaard of late I saw it posted on Facebook from someone I love Um, and this is not a This is not a response to that person as an individual Saying that's a bad person, it's just a view With which I disagree, and this is a Um, an answer to that Anyways, um Right. I'm I'm sure this quote was well-received by uh, many people who view degrees as things that go on barbecue grill thermometers and not diplomas. (laughs) I'll I'll read the posted part of the quote first, which conveniently omits the second part of the quote where Soren lends much-needed context. Here's what the first part of the quote reads that was posted on Facebook. Here it is. The matter is quite simple. The Bible is very easy to understand, but we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers. We pretend to be unable to understand it because we know very well that the minute we understand, we are obliged to act accordingly. Take any words in the New Testament and forget everything except pledging yourself to act accordingly. My God, you will say, if I do that, my whole life will be ruined. How would I ever get on in the world? Herein lies the real place of Christian scholarship. Christian scholarship is the church's prodigious invention to defend itself against the Bible, to ensure that we can continue to be good Christians without the Bible coming too close. Oh, priceless scholarship. What would we do without you? Dreadful it is to fall into the hands of the living God. Yes, it is even dreadful to be alone with the New Testament. End quote. Now, there's a couple of things that we could nitpick about the quote and say, well, that that doesn't describe me. But you have to understand, there is the context to this, right? Putting aside for a moment that this quote is not only from a scholar, but one of the most prolific ones ever to live, the father of existentialism and the father of Christian psychology himself, the, the quote seems to, on its face, pack a real punch against those pesky books and commentaries and smart people. But is that Kierkegaard's point. No, of course not. As with most quotes ripped out of context to make a point, there's usually a larger backdrop, um, a bigger picture that we miss when we wield the words of dead people to try to convince people of our position. Now, I'll stop here and say that for what little I've been exposed to it, I admire the body of work produced by the late Soren Kierkegaard um, and people like his spiritual successor, Karl Barth. If you disagree with me, you're wrong. Not I'm not joking. Um, and, and others who were influenced by him, like Sartre and Frankel. Naturally, I find myself not agreeing at times with Kierkegaard's conclusion, but I all too quickly understand the state in which he found himself, surrounded by fake, overly polite, hypocritical, state-run pastors and churches, all peddling a soft and sanitized, safe and simple version of Christianity that demands nothing of anyone except to pray a quick prayer and go right back to where you were. I look around at our current cultural landscape and wonder if it hasn't changed too much in the last century or so. (laughs) Kierkegaard wrote a a, a few books, and many of them are packed with Bonhoeffer-like, scathing criticism of the weak, watered-down swill he perceived around him. This is what motivated his fierce quotation from earlier. He wasn't upset at Christian scholarship in general, seeing as he was a scholar. No, he was upset at the kind of scholarship that was so prevalent in his day. Men and women who thought it rather progressive and convenient to eliminate the cost of discipleship and make following Jesus nothing more than an empty creed or emotional prayer. If one would actually take the time to get to know the man behind the quote, one would recognize that Kierkegaard in no way vilified the process of learning, testing, correcting, growing in knowledge, and yes, scholarship. Think of it this way. When I say megachurch, most of my ilk would join me in cringing inwardly at the perceived greed, compromise, and carnality so prevalent in many large churches today. But it's not fair to lump all of them in together like that. No, many large churches that excel a thousand people in number aren't that way at all. But we still continue using that church or that term megachurch in a negative way because our audience typically knows what we mean. Here's a better example. In the opening of a, a favorite television show of mine, leverage, the actor playing the lead role begins the theme song with the phrase. The rich and powerful they take what they want. We provide leverage. Now, there's nothing wrong with being rich and there's nothing wrong with being powerful, but in the modern West, we've come to view rich and powerful people as fat cats, selfish, greedy CEOs who would just as soon burn money than give it away. Again, it's not fair to lump every rich and powerful person in like that, but if you understand the context of the television show, you'll understand what the character is saying when he throws rich and powerful people under the bus. He has a meaning, and only when you understand his meaning in full context will you properly understand what he's trying to say. Similarly, people have taken that quote from Soren Kierkegaard and have run with it, claiming some sort of mic drop moment when in fact, Kierkegaard would be mortified to see people misrepresenting his brilliant mind in the way that many have. Now, to finish the quote from Kierkegaard, as promised. Here's the rest of it. He says, I open the New Testament and read, if you want to be perfect, then sell all your goods and give to the poor and come follow me. Good God, if we were to actually do this, all the capitalists, the office holders, and the entrepreneurs, the whole society, in fact, would be almost beggars. We would be sunk if it were not for Christian scholarship. Praise be to everyone who works to consolidate the reputation of Christian scholarship, which helps to restrain the New New Testament, this confounded book, which would one, two, three, run us all down if it got loose, that is, if Christian scholarship did not restrain it, end quote. Do you see his point now? He is disheartened and inflamed at the thought that the predominant institution of Christian scholarship of his day was so quick to write off what Jesus actually wrote. They would rather have danced around the issues rather than sit down, grab a drink, pull up a footrest, and just wrestle with them. And of course, the spirit of not listening to what Jesus actually said is still very much alive and well today. Ironically most of all, right in the churches that these simple men pastor. When scripture warns of certain things, we say, well, that actually means this. It's not that scary. When Jesus preached a certain truth, we say, well, he really meant this. It's not that scary. And in our confessed simplicity, we reveal that we're just as subtle as the snakes we claim to abhor. Case in point, almost all those quoting uh, Professor Kierkegaard here would never consider for a moment actually selling all they have to follow Jesus. Um, Again, they're willing to be noble simpletons who eschew rationalizing and circumlocution in favor of a simple and plain reading of the text, right up until a certain point, only to retreat back into the shelters of the same spirit that Kierkegaard rebuked in his writing, acting just like the slimy scholars from which they wish to distance themselves so badly. I have a friend who was crucified and written off and blackballed and and gossiped and slandered about, all because he opened the Bible and said, you know, does this really mean this? And questioned the simple and plain reading of the text that actually wasn't a very intuitive simple and plain reading of the text, uh, but had been kind of adopted by the predominant quote-unquote Christian scholarship of the day. In summary, real Christian scholarship isn't bad. All it means is learning, Right. That's what scholarship is. Dishonest and misleading scholarship is bad. Honest, confrontational, and humble scholarship is good. Very good, and it's encouraged all throughout Scripture. I've been pastoring for the better part of a decade now, and while that's not a real long time, it's long enough to have come across some really tricky texts that I'd rather just avoid discussing and fall back on party lines. There's security there, comfort, and yes, simplicity. So the takeaway. Quoting Soren Kierkegaard as saying that the Bible is easy to understand is not an immediate escape hatch from from having to wrestle with the text and some difficult-to-understand concepts. It just doesn't work that way. Because you know what scholarship gets me that simplicity does not? The truth. So let's quit misquoting dead people, running from uncomfortable truth, and crack open a book by someone with whom we disagree. It's good for us. And until next time, stay balanced.